appreciate the good scripture reading tonight, and we appreciate so much your presence. I want us to take a deviation from what I had originally planned to study with you tonight. We're going to call an audible at the line and do something different. And the songs that Brother Billy led really fit what I planned to speak on tonight. And so I thought about the lesson. As a matter of fact, I was studying the lesson. And as I contemplated it, I had thought this earlier in the week. And I guess sometimes it takes a little while for it to sink into my mind exactly what I ought to do. But I got to thinking about the people that really need to hear the lesson tonight won't be here. So I thought what I need to do is back up and punt. And we'll pick up next Sunday morning, Lord willing, and do the lesson that I intended to do tonight, because hopefully and prayerfully more people will be here, especially those that might benefit from the lesson that we'll be looking at in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. The passage that was read a moment ago reminds us of the Apostle John and those in the latter part of the first century that were under severe tribulation. Their faith was being tested. And John wrote this book in the latter part of the first century, about A.D. 95 or 96. And John was a brother and companion in tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. In verse 10 he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I can't help but think of this aged brother in Christ having fought the good fight and probably nearing the end of his life and yet on the Lord's day. Where was he? He was with God's people. So in light of that, I thought about the lesson tonight and the title tonight, The Sunday Night Crowd. Because the Sunday Night Crowd is about the same every week, isn't it? And there are some reasons that you're here tonight that really stand out. And I got to thinking about those of us who are here weekend and week out. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. A lot of folks are here Sunday morning, but they're not back Sunday night. Many aren't back on Wednesday night. But there is a select few that are here every time the doors are open. And so tonight I want us to think for a minute or two about the Sunday night crowd. And I want to give you five reasons why I believe you're here. And I think that the, the reasons you're here are set forth in the Scriptures. First of all, I believe that you're here tonight because of your love for the Lord. There are a lot of different places that you could be this hour and this day. It's July. It's light outside. Summertime. You could be at the lake, at a ball game, picnic, park. There are any number of places that you could have been this hour, but you have chosen to be here. Why is that? I believe it's because you love the Lord. 
You love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. You remember when Jesus, in Matthew chapter 22, said that the first and great commandment is this, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. You're here because at some point in time, the impression has been made upon you that God loves you. God has loved all of us. He loves everyone in the human family. And so our desire is to reciprocate that love. You think about the words of John in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. John wrote, we love him because he first loved us. You're here because you love the Lord. You love him with all of your heart, soul, and mind. It is reflected in how you live and how you carry yourself. You remember Jesus said on one occasion, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Lord Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for our lives. There is no way that we could ever adequately repay Him for what He has done for us. But we strive to the best of our ability to give Him the supremacy of our affection because He has loved us. The Bible says, But God commendeth His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And so it's not too much to ask that we come and to reflect upon his sacrifice, and His service. When we partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, Jesus said in instituting this memorial feast, this do in remembrance of me. Every first day of the week, we have the opportunity to bring to mind what the Lord has done for us. If that doesn't serve as a catalyst for love, I don't know what will. And so you're here tonight because you love the Lord. And then secondly, you're here tonight because your life is all about the Lord. Again, you could be anywhere tonight. But you've chosen to be here because for you, Jesus Christ is the hub of your life. He is the focal point of your life, isn't he? Do you remember Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you in Matthew 6, 33? In Colossians chapter 3, Paul said, If then ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then he said, Set your affection on things above and not on things which are upon this earth. You're here tonight because your affections are not here on earth. For you, it's not about the here and now, but it's about living for God, isn't it? It's about putting His kingdom first. In Colossians 3, verse 4, Paul said, And when Christ, who is our life, the world would be a better place if every single Christian had at the apex of his or her life the Lord Jesus Christ. But you're here tonight because you're seeking those things which are above. 
You have set your affection on things above. You realize that the world and all the things that go along with the world are temporary. They're transitory. They're wearing out. They'll decay. They'll pass with time. The time that you spend here is so important. And so to know that your life is all about the Lord. Had you had the opportunity to sit down and talk to the Apostle John, John the Apostle had been banished to the Isle of Patmos. Persecution had ramped up against those who belonged to the body of Christ. And here is John, the aged apostle, disciple of the Lord, preacher of the gospel. And what's he doing? He's thinking about heavenly things. And on the Lord's day, he's with the Lord's people. Why was that? Because he loved the Lord. And because for the apostle John, his life was wrapped up in the Lord. And really when it comes to Christianity, our lives need to be so intertwined with the Lord. Our lives need to be so focused on Him that we understand that He's first and foremost above everything. There's a third reason why I believe you're here tonight. And that is you are here to laud and magnify the Lord, to worship Him, aren't you? We come together every first day of the week to worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, God is spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit, that is with the right attitude, and in truth, that is by His authority. We come together because we understand God is our creator. The word worship means acts of reverence paid to deity. God is worthy of our worship, isn't he? And so we come together on the first day of the week to sing praise to his name. As a matter of fact, Paul teaches us in Colossians chapter 3 that we're to sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. You're here to worship God. It's not about you. It's not about somebody else. It's about your relationship with God. The fact that you're in the presence of God. Let me ask this question. Is God not in our presence tonight? Are we not in the presence of deity this very hour? The answer is yes. The psalmist in the long ago said, Oh, let us come and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. You're here to sing praise to God. Tell and then collectively, we bow in prayer to Almighty God, understanding the power and the privilege that prayer has in our lives. I can't help but think about the words of James when he said, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We have the opportunity to bow in the presence of God in prayer, we lift our voices in praise to Him through song. And then we study His Word. I would add to our worship the fact that we're here to learn more about God, aren't we? Could I ask you a question? How much will you learn about God on television tonight? Won't learn anything, will you? Not to my knowledge, unless you plug into GBN or something. 
You're here tonight to learn about God, to learn about His ways and His will. Do you remember the psalmist of old in Psalm 119.97 when he said, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. The psalmist in Psalm 1 at verse 2 said in the long ago that his meditation was on the law of the Lord and he said on that law he meditated day and night. This is the opportunity for us to come together and to quench our spiritual thirst. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. And what was the statement made after that? For they shall be filled. There are a lot of people in this world that have this inward yearning for something. There's this void in their lives. There's a void in life that they can't seem to fill but it can be filled spiritually. So you're here to learn about the Lord. We're all here to learn more about God. We have the attitude of Samuel of old, who said in the long ago, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. We're here tonight to hear exactly what God has said in His Word, no more, no less. We come with that expectation each and every week. We understand the charge to preach the Word because we understand there is power in the Word to save and there is power in the Word to make us steadfast. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. Romans 1.16 In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul said, I commend you to God, to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up. When we come together on the first day of the week, one of the things that we expect is to grow spiritually, isn't it? To learn more about God, to learn more about His ways and His will. And you think about the world in which we live. Is it not the case that our worship, our collective Bible study time together affords us the opportunity to recharge our spiritual batteries? to set aside some time to think about things that are holy and right and good rather than being thrust into the midst of turmoil in the world in which we live. And so we're here to praise God in song. We're here to study His Word, to pray. And then, as I mentioned a moment ago, to partake of the Lord's Supper, to reflect upon the body that was given in our stead, as Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, Jesus bore our sins in His body on the cross. And Jesus said in connection with that body given for us, as we partake of that bread, this do in remembrance of me. We partake of the fruit of the vine, reminding ourselves of the blood of Jesus, without which we would not be saved. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 9, 27, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And yet the Bible tells us that the Lord has loved us and washed us from our sins by His own blood. The song that we sing from time to time, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we do so with the intent of reminding ourselves vividly the death of Jesus on Calvary. And Paul said, As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show forth the Lord's death till He come again. 
And then we have the opportunity to give of our means so that the gospel might be advanced not just in this community but around the world. The beauty of the church here is we're having an impact not just in this city and not just in America but around the globe. About people in Brazil that were logging onto our website. Iran. So you think about the impact that we can have via the communication sources that have been made available to us. All of these great resources made possible to us. And so we come together collectively to worship God. And we're here tonight to laud and magnify the name of the Lord. And then I would suggest that we're here tonight, you're here tonight because of your leadership in the Lord. And by that I simply mean you understand you're setting, you're setting an example before other people. So you're here tonight as a testimony to other people that this is where God wants you to be. And this is where you need to be. This is where you want to be. There are a lot of folks that have chosen not to come back on Sunday night. This is not anything new. It's been this way for years. But you're here tonight because you're a leader. As a parent, you're here because you understand your children are following your lead. And you know that you've been instructed to rear your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Your children need to know about God. They need to know about the ways of God. They need to be with the people of God. And so you are putting them in an atmosphere conducive to their spiritual growth and maturity. You're here tonight, and thus you can say to your children, you can say to your friends and neighbors, Paul did in the long ago, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. There's a lot to be said for our willingness, our desire to come together on the first day of the week. I want to encourage all of us. We talk about mentoring and taking people under our wing and trying to help develop them. And in Titus chapter 2, Paul talks about how the aged women and the aged men ought to take the younger women, the younger men, under them and teach them. I want to encourage you. Take somebody under your wing and try to encourage them to grow spiritually. Try to encourage them to be back on Sunday night, to be back on Wednesday night. I can promise you this, it'll bless, it'll bless your life, it'll bless their life. I've never had somebody tell me as they come to the end of their life here upon earth, you know what, I regretted going to services on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Never had anybody say I regret having gone to Bible study on a regular basis. But I have had people tell me they've regretted not attending Bible study, not attending worship Sunday morning, Sunday night. And there are some people that I've talked to that cast the die many, many years ago in the lives of their children. 
Their children aren't faithful today. They're not faithful because their parents didn't see the importance of having them in worship and Bible study. You haven't made that mistake. There comes a day and time when our children ultimately are going to be out on their own. We have no control over what they do once they leave our home. But our goal is to so equip them so that when they do fly solo, Sunday night, Wednesday night, guess where they are? Right here. And why is that? Because they're a part of the Sunday night crowd. For them, this is where they want to be. This is where they think they ought to be. This is where they know they ought to be. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your willingness to come each and every Sunday. I'd love to see the day, I'd like to think that before I die, that we would have the same number of people Sunday night that we have Sunday morning. That might be a pipe dream. It might be the case that I'll never see that. But that's my dream. The beauty of it is we can make it happen. We just got to dig deep. Let me just share one other thing in closing. You're here tonight because of the law of the Lord. You understand that God wants you to put Him first. You understand that God is to be the apex, at the apex of your life. And you understand that God wants you to be in the worship assembly and in Bible study. And so this is where you are. Because as a child of God, this is where you know you ought to be. It is a tremendous blessing to come to worship. And sometimes, sadly, we don't realize how blessed we are until we lose those blessings. A good example of this is take somebody who's been in good health all of their life. They've been able to get up and go to work and do what they want to do, run and walk and laugh and play, live life to the fullest. And then illness comes, disease comes, and that once active life is reduced to sitting in a chair, confined to home, lying in a hospital bed, lying in bed at home, shut in. You don't realize how blessed you are till you lose your blessings. The day may come in this country when we don't have the blessings we have today that we don't have the freedoms that we enjoy today to worship God in a public setting. We ought to give thanks to God for the blessings that we have and realize that these blessings can be stripped away at any time. God has been good to us. He has providentially cared for us as a nation of people. What would happen to us as a nation if God were to remove His providential hand? We're blessed. And we ought to get down on our, on our knees and thank Almighty God for all the blessings that we have. You are the Sunday night crowd. And you are the backbone of this church. The strength of this church. 
When we talk about spiritual maturity and acting like spiritual giants, that's you. Why? Because you've chosen to be here. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a Christian. You've never identified with the cause of Christ. You believe Jesus to be the Son of God, but you've never acted upon that faith. You've never repented of your sins. You're still in the world. You have never confessed the name of Jesus before other people. That you believe Jesus is the Son of God. You've never been immersed in water so that all your sins can be washed away. And so, in light of that, you're without hope and without God. The beauty of it is that you can obey the gospel tonight. You can leave here a Christian, a child of God. It might be that you're here tonight. And maybe, just maybe, you came for whatever reason. Typically, you're not here, but you're here tonight. And that light has gone off. And you recognize you've not been a part of the Sunday night crowd. And maybe that spiritual maturity that we've talked about is not present in your life. Maybe your love for the Lord is not what it ought to be. Do you remember the church at Ephesus? When Jesus said of those people they had left their first love? Maybe the case is that you're lukewarm. You're not hot, you're not cold, you're just indifferent. You just don't care. But something's been said today that's made you think. I say it from time to time and I mean it. We're never here to hurt people. We're here to help people. We're here to help you. Because you see, we want to go to heaven. And we want you to go to heaven with us. So if you're here tonight and you're not a faithful child of God, your life is not what it ought to be in Christ, and you know what you ought to be. If that's the case with you tonight, what would keep you from doing as the prodigal did many, many years ago, of making that, making that move and coming home? God in heaven is waiting. I think about a loving God in heaven with arms extended saying, come home. You have that opportunity tonight and we'd be happy to pray with you and for you and God will abundantly pardon, 1 John 1, 9. So tonight, if we can help you, assist you in your spiritual walk with God, we want to do that. I want to beg you tonight don't leave here if your life's not what it ought to be. I know that sometimes even the Sunday night crowd can become weak and apathetic, and sometimes we just go through the motions. Sometimes we're here in body but not in spirit. So if that's the case, could we pray with you and for you tonight as we stand and sing?